You're listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, recording this episode just after the Toronto Raptors winning their first ever NBA championship. They got by, really, which was a depleted Warriors team. You already knew about the Kevin Durant thing. Uh, in case you missed it, Clay Thompson went out with a knee injury in the third quarter, never returned, uh, injured his left knee, left the arena on crutches. So with that, the Raptors win 114-110 to 110 in the NBA championship. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, we're going to touch on that. Also, we've got some news on the AD stuff, but uh, episode of the 30 podcast brought to you find folks at silverscreenandroll.com. You can check us out online. For all your Lakers needs, we got you covered from news, opinion, analysis, you name it, we got it. And subscribe to our podcast network as well. We are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much all everywhere you get your fix. Joining me today is Alex Regula. He's a regular on the podcast, also going to be hosting his own podcast now, as, or jumping in as a co-host, part of me, uh, on the Silver Screen and Road Podcast Network. Alex, what's going on, my man? Uh, nothing much, Jazz. Thanks again for having me on. It's uh, It was a fun game to watch. <laughs> it, w- it was. I mean, we were touching on this a little bit before as well. Uh, if you don't know, Kawhi Leonard, no surprise there, winning the uh, finals MVP. First guy to do that in both conferences. So that's, that's pretty uh, elite uh, status right there. But when you're looking at uh, what you saw in this series, anything that really stuck out to you in particular, minus obviously the injuries with Katie and Clay? Uh, I, I think Toronto's deft, like like their bench play and how, how big Fred Van Vliet was this game and Siakam all series. I, I think it just shows that in the modern NBA, you needed guys who could, you know, defend one through four, one through five, and can also shoot the ball. And I, I think the Raptors built this team specifically to go up against this Warriors team. And it, thankfully, you know, unfortunately, it did have to come with some injuries for them to win. But I think they deserved it. And I think they built the roster exactly how you want to approach building a roster in the modern NBA. And, and the, the, you know, when you look at with the things that even like Masai Ujiri did, going out on a limb and just saying, screw it, man. If I can get Kawhi Leonard for one year, I have to give up DeMar DeRozan, a guy who's locked in for a long term in Toronto, which, as you know, as history has shown, it's been hard to do. I mean, you had Chris Bosh, uh, Vince Carter signed, ultimately wanted to get traded from there. McGrady left. So, uh, you know what? I think it was nice and refreshing to see an executive not take the safe way and just said, you know what? Screw it. We're going for it. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting now with this Anthony Davis stuff that's coming out that if other teams now see the success that that Toronto had with gambling on that trade with Kawhi, even though, you know, considering what they gave up wasn't much of a, a gamble, you know, the grand scheme of things. But I, it'd be interesting to see if more teams now see this situation and say, hey, maybe we can convince Anthony Davis to stay long term if we can win. So I think Kawhi and this experiment with how they handle this whole thing, I think it's it could be a shift in the NBA, and if guys want to say, I'm not going to go play there, well, maybe GMs risk it, and they you know, they pick up the phone and offer something that other teams aren't. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this impacts the Anthony Davis news. I was thinking the same thing. Like, a lot of people have been, uh, you know, while Kawhi, you know, he's going to come, he's going to, come to the Clippers, he's going to come to the Lakers. I mean, those are really what you're hearing, or, or he's staying in, in Toronto. I mean, Clippers more so than than the Lakers, but I think that's something, you know, people have been asking, okay, who do you think is, is going to be the surprise team in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes? I'm like, I, I don't think it's going to come down to just Boston and LA. If you look at a team like Denver, you look at a team like the Pacers, who have some assets, maybe not completely what the, the Pelicans would want with David Griffin, what he's saying, the, the, the package he's looking for. But I mean, if, if, if a team like that is like, you know what, we're a small mid-market team, we know we're probably not going to be able to keep these guys for four or five years. I mean, the Pacers, uh, you know, all things being equal, if Victor Oladipo comes back fully healthy, 
and, and you get a guy like Anthony Davis there, sure, they have a shot at being uh, Eastern Conference champions. And I think the same thing with Denver, too. Sure. And, and like you mentioned, these like smaller market teams, I mean, uh, it's going to be hard for them to attract players in free agency. So getting a guy like th- via trade is usually one of their only routes of adding star talent. And uh, I think Toronto, I'm not sure how likely it would have been if Kawhi was a free agent, would have just signed out right there if it wasn't for spending a year there and, and you know, experiencing all that culture Toronto has and their fans and the players and, and getting to win a championship at the end of it. I mean, I think this lays a, bru- a blueprint that some teams might look to follow. So these next few days, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear a random or mysterious team thrown in there like Denver, you mentioned, or Indiana. But I mean, all, all points are still pointing uh, to the Lakers and Boston. And uh, But this may have opened some eyes around the league. Yeah, and, and when you look at what, when you look at what Toronto did giving up a, a guy like DeRozan who is I'll, I'll tell you now being from Canada he was beloved in Toronto people were just like you know he is us even though they knew they probably weren't going to win the NBA championship especially with LeBron there smacking him around pretty much <laughs> every season but even this year like I mean if if you substitute uh Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard with uh DeMar DeRozan and Jakob uh, Potl yeah. this team probably loses to Philadelphia or or Milwaukee at the, at the very least you know and and they made the right move, and that's where I'm saying, like for for those type of teams, the Denver's, the Portland's, the Utah, where you're like, man, if we got a good enough team, we got like, like a, maybe a, a two year, three year window to win, because our yep. best players eventually are going to want to go to the big markets. Exactly, and I think it also you you look back at what Toronto actually gave up in that trade, like you mentioned, they didn't give up Van Vliet, they didn't give up Siakam, they didn't give up Lowry. They, these guys are really crucial for them to keep, and it they showed in Game Seven how big they were. So I, I think it there is a, a line that some of these teams have to, to look at and say, if we're going to take this gamble, how much are we willing to throw all our assets at, the, at this deal? I mean, Toronto reasonably got off to Rosen's contract, considering how you viewed him long-term. They only gave up the number 29th pick, and, and Pirtle, like you mentioned, who, who's like a, he's a fine like solid player, but mm-hmm. uh, I think assets-wise, they didn't give up quite as much as you know what other teams are probably going to look to give up for Anthony Davis. So... I think small market teams may be willing to just take that risk and get a star player in and try to convince them to stay long term. Okay, before before we jump into this with uh, with uh, uh, Anthony Davis, you know that we want to get hardcore into that. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. One th- one thing I want to touch on with you on this: Does this championship make it less or more likely that he stays in Toronto? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, uh, like my most immediate gut reaction is that he's more likely to maybe stay in maybe a shorter term deal but uh, maybe he came to Toronto and did what you know what he wanted to accomplish he won another championship he proved that he was healthy and maybe now he wants to go take you know control of his future and where he wants to play and not get traded somewhere that he didn't have uh, you know any say in where he went and uh, I think that it, it could you know sway either way I mean Kawhi's just so hard to read like I don't it's so hard to predict predict anything when it comes to Kawhi but I mean I wouldn't be shocked if he signs like a short-term deal with Toronto and then reaches free agency again in a few years but uh I mean we'll see I mean Clippers have you know they've been linked for a while now I mean they're trying to buy his you know his logo or part of his logo or I don't know what's going on there but the uh, of, yeah 
So a lot, and they're basically stalking him in every game this year. So, so. sorry, I'm, I'm cutting you off here, but did you see what happened with uh, with Monster Energy that they're they're trying to sue him? <laughs> yeah, I did. That, see uh, that. That it looked too much like it. <laughs> it yeah, kind of did when I looked at it objectively. I was kind of like, you know what? It does kind of look like it. Yeah, and Kawhi and Energy Drink usually don't go well together, right? Like that's <laughs> no, something no. that you know pair well. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Like I like I said, Kawhi, you have no idea what he how to read him or what to predict when it comes to him. Well, I'm on the. It's funny you're saying that, uh, Alex, because I'm actually like I'm on the opposite end of it. I, I I think that this makes it more likely that he bounces. And I said this after the Warriors won uh, Game Five to to cut it to three two. I go, you know, if if the Warriors come back and win this series and and they took it in seven, I think he would have been more inclined to stay. And again, this is just my opinion. Nothing I'm I'm hearing from anyone, but um, you know, no, I was looking at it. It was like, okay, if they lose a series being up three one, he's like, all right, we got unfinished business. I might do the one plus one or the two plus one, you know, a similar type of thing. And and LeBron have done to give himself a player option for an out. But now I look at it, he's gonna, he can just say, and it would at this point make some sense if he just goes, hey, you know what? I bought a championship here. I accomplished really everything I could do in in one season. I bought you all a championship to a completely different country for the first time in history. I'm out. I'm going back home. I've, I've done what I needed to do. That's a it's a really good point. Like I really thought of it that way. Like you're right. Like I mean, what else can you expect from the guy this year? I mean, he gave you you know all star numbers. He was ridiculous in the playoffs, like crazy good. A great finals and won the MVP. And brought like you said championship to Toronto. So I don't. Uh, of course, fans would be upset to see him leave, but at the same time, I mean, you have to respect what he did for you guys this year. And maybe, and like like you mentioned, Kawhi maybe wants to you know go back home or go somewhere that of his choosing and kind of builds his brand. Like it sounds like that's something that's important to him now. And as he ventures off to another stage of his career, and I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Like I, I think there's a good likelihood of both things. I, I don't think he comes to the Lakers at this point. I think it's probably Toronto Clippers and I don't know who else, but it, it's going to be really fun to, to see what happens with like all these guys. There's so many free agents this summer. Oh, this is when the fun part begins. It's like, all right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Most of the, you know, there's only two teams left at this point uh, that, that they have fans heavily invested in, into the outcome of this. Now it's like, all right, what's my team going to do? Cause you got some of the crummier teams, obviously looking at a team like New Orleans and the Knicks. Uh, and I'll put the Lakers up there just because they have a top four pick, not to say that they're going to be that bad next year. And you have all this stuff coming up with free agency, a lot of movement. Uh, this is the best time for the NBA. And I think they've done a great job in, in turning it into a basically 365-day-a-year league in terms of the news cycle. Yeah, the draft is in a week. Like It's crazy like how fast this is moving. And they moved up free agency by a day, I believe. And uh, it, it never ends. Like <laughs> For people who have to work on like, the Silver Screen Roll site, like Harrison and Christian and Anthony, I, it's crazy. They have to sort through all this news every day and all these rumors and it, it it really this league never sleeps and it's so much fun like it's stressful and anxiety inducing at the same time but it's it's a lot of fun it is man i i i find it like i've always loved the sport of basketball more and you know back home in, in canada hockey is is king and it always will be and i, I love the canucks for those of you know the nhl team if you don't know um but if you look at if you look at like the NBA and what it's grown to, I think you look at social media, you look at the fact that the players are so much more open than they are in the rest of the leagues, like on average. And it, it's just, this is the fun part about being a fan, not only being a fan, but being a journalist and a media member too. Yeah. And it was so cool to see all those fans in that Jurassic park outside Toronto, like watching the game. It, it, it's, it felt like a, like, well, it was another country, but it felt like a whole world was watching this, like on, on a grand stage. And it was just really cool to see 
this team who's never been able to experience this and something refreshing and new. And it just goes to show that like anything can happen in this league. Like uh, a year, you know, last summer we would have we would never have guessed the Warriors to lose in the finals. We, you know, we would have penciled them for this year and next year, maybe the year after that with more championships. So it just shows that anything can change in it. Like, like I said, we talked about earlier, it may show that if you take that gamble on a player, it could result in a, in a championship. Yeah. And, and that's where Masai Ujiri had the, had the big, uh, big balls to pull that off. And um, we're looking at you, Rob Palenka. We want to see something happen. <laughs> and instead of maybe having, 50 to 100, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids showing up at your protest by the Staples Center, you'll have hundreds of thousands of people like you did in Toronto wanting to watch the team win. Oh, man. Or fake dinners. No more <laughs> fake dinners. No, 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 please, right? It's like I was joking around. I was like, better not be uh, his selling point is going to be to free agents that they get to have dinner with uh, Biggie and Tupac or something. <laughs> you hear the, uh, the Heath Ledger story, right? <laughs> uh, okay, we're, we're going to jump back in into the Anthony Davis stuff. I know we got sidetracked there on the Kawhi stuff just because it's so fresh, but uh, we'll do that right after this short break. All right, and we are back. Anthony Davis, the big news again today. So, again, recording this on a Thursday after the Raptors wrapped up uh, winning the series against the uh, Warriors to win the championship on a Thursday night. So yesterday on Wednesday, Brian Windhorst basically came out. You saw that piece with uh, on Rich Paul in Sports Illustrated basically saying, you know, he's doing what's in the best interest of his client, which technically is his job as an agent. But uh, Brian Windhor said, hey, look, Anthony Davis is pretty much well instructed uh, Rich Paul to get him to the Lakers. Now, today, you're hearing kind of a different tone from, from some, some of the insiders, basically that if David Griffin wanted to have this deal done by now with the Lakers, he would have. And that some people are saying that the Boston Celtics, even though they've been point blank told, look, dude, I ain't signing there. I'm not playing there long term. The Celtics look to be ready to jump in and say, all right, we'll take our chances with AD for a year, as we talked about a bit with, uh, with Kawhi and, and, and Toronto. But um, do you agree with that sentiment that if David Griffin wanted this deal done, it would be finished? Um, I, I think, I think to, to, there's a, you know, a degree of truth there. But I, I think at this point, he just wants the best deal in return. And I, if that's from the Lakers and if that's by using leverage from Boston and throwing their name in there, knowing that maybe Rob Polinka ups his offer then you know that's what he's gonna do he still has technically a few like a week before the draft so if this deal can be done by the weekend he still has time to to get prospects in and and scout them out but i mean I, i'm not I, all, a lot of this just posturing on my like in my opinion i think there's still on both ends like leaks are still coming out from both camps about who's in you know who's ahead of the clubhouse who's got the leverage here and i think boston's name continuously being in there might just be New Orleans trying to draw up interest and try to get other people to maybe get in or maybe the Lakers to push their offer, you know, over the top. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers respond here. And if they hold firm on guys like, as we, you know, we heard today or the last few days about Cal Kuzma's name, you know, they don't want to include him in the, in the, in the trade offer. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good test for Rob Polinka as his first major, transaction as as the, the guy the lakers to see how he handles this sorry i had to burp there uh, oh sorry, sorry jumping in right there hang on uh, no yeah you're right you know what and i think the opinion uh of a lot of the people in the league is that okay and and rob Blanca, the reports are saying that the lakers front office actually thinks they're sitting right in the driver's seat on, on this deal um to what you were saying about boston when you look at the packages uh, Alex, and, and you're kind of trying to like, okay, you know, this one would be better. This one would be better. If you're in David Griffin's seat right now, and let's say 
Uh, the Lakers are offering Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, the number four pick, and maybe a future first-round pick. Or you look at have your choice of you know Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum and and whatever the mid you know mid teens and and barely lottery picks that the Celtics have. Uh, who which one would you take and why? I mean, I'm obviously biased here, but. Uh... I mean, I would take the Lakers at at, at this point because I think that number four pick is, is actually really valuable, and I think that's they they hit a home run by acquiring that pick this you know in the lottery. But um, what's funny about this thing is we we still haven't heard who's actually in a you know proposed offer from Boston. We basically know who the Lakers are offering up, but Boston again, like I'm not sure if they're serious about it or if they're just trying to drum up you know the Lakers asking price or what, but. Like, we don't know if they're actually offering Jason Tatum or not. We don't know if it's a deal around Jalen Brown, which, if that's the case, I think this deal should have been done already. Like, I, I don't know how you, you take Jalen Brown and a few guys in the teens, like, in, in the lottery versus number four, Lonzo and Ingram. Like, I don't know how you feel. Like, I don't know if there's bias on my end or... Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I look at it, I, I, I do think that... It's 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 such a tough thing because Tatum, with all the hype he had after last year's uh, making it to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Final, he was a stud in the playoffs too. You know what I mean? And so everybody was like, "Well, if you can get Jason Tatum in that deal," and in the Celtics, the rumor was basically made him untouchable. Obviously, he took a step back this year, so he's in line with with Lonzo and and Ingram in terms of potential and reaching a new level. Um, so in that sense, if you asked me this a year ago. Today, I would have said, damn, you're, you're taking the Celtics pick uh, package in a heartbeat. But because of the regression that, that Tatum showed, that could be because he had played with a malcontent in, in Kyrie Irving or yeah. uh, whatever it was. To me, it's like, yeah, you, you take the Lakers right now. Because if you can get to those two guys and you look at the ball, Ingram was playing before he, he got, I don't want to say he got hurt, but sick. And, and he was dealing with the illness that, that he was dealing with. He was, he was awesome, man, and he was, he was dominating, and, and he was finally starting to find his groove in terms of figuring things out in terms of how many dribbles to take, how many to not, uh, when to kind of come off the screen and, and, and roll off of it on the side, and he was doing a good job with that getting his shots. Uh, so to me, at this point, I, I would have to say I agree with you. Like I would want the Lakers package because, A, the only, the only thing I looked at from a, from a Pelican standpoint is how are Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball going to fit in together? I mean, I, I, it sounds like they're actually pretty high on that idea of Drew Holiday and Lonzo sharing the ball together. I, I think they actually would work really well. And, and defensively, that'd be a hell of a backcourt. And, uh, I mean, I, it'd be fun to see Lonzo and Zion on the same team. Like, selfishly, that'd be kind of fun to see. I mean, I would rather see him with Anthony Davis and LeBron. But I, I, I think that, like you mentioned, I think Boston's trade offer looks a little worse now than it did a year ago or at the deadline. And I think the Lakers trade offer actually looks better now that that lottery pick turned out to be the number four pick. So the Pelicans could, you know, tell themselves, hey, we made the right choice by waiting and now we're getting a better offer in their minds now that that number four pick is attached. Or like what's been reported that they might be looking to see if a third team could get involved and trade that number four pick for a more established player like a Bradley Beal or someone like that. So I, I think the Pelicans are, and David Griffin are, are want to get this deal done, and I think that's the biggest difference between now and trade deadline. I think everyone wants to get this done, and everyone wants to get this done soon. So I'll be surprised if it doesn't happen, like, at least by Monday. Or, I mean, they, they need to have time to bring guys in to, to scout and, and interview and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think that it, it has to get done by you know Monday at the latest. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a trade announced this, this weekend coming up on Saturday. Um, uh, you know, and like you, you mentioned off the top a little bit that 
the, the, the Pelicans are, if they are, end up do indeed keeping that number four pick, they want to bring in some guys and find out who they're getting and, and who they have an inkling to like and, and who they don't. And, and so the, the, the pressure is on. And I was almost thinking, if I'm in Rob Palenka's shoes, you know, do you look at this and say, hey, um, I, I need an answer from you, David Griffin. You know, you've got 48 hours from now. I need a final answer. Because if, if the Celtics who might be offering Tatum, might not. Nobody really knows what the Celtics offer is. That's kind of uh, you know a bit funny to me that none of the Celtics offers yeah. have been leaked. It's kind of weird that everything the Lakers are doing haven't been. So that shows you there's a rat in the room and that needs to be eliminated. I'm sure doing some good fellows talk right now. Okay, I won't get carried <laughs> on that. I won't get carried on that tangent. But um, and so to me, it's like it's it's a two horse race unless you have one of those surprise teams that we talked about, like a Denver, like an Indiana, who might have some assets and and willing to give up a boatload of picks. Because it's like you have the Lakers, the Clippers, the Celtics, the Nets don't are, aren't really a player in all this because they don't have any first round picks really that are that are going to be enticing to New Orleans. And the Knicks have basically said we don't have anything other than maybe Kevin Knox and our and our number three pick that people would want. So it's it's up to uh, Rob Palenka, and I think maybe putting putting the gun to uh, Griffin's head at this point wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I completely agree. Like this is a great chance for Rob to so you like there's leverage here. Like the draft is Thursday. They the number four pick is maybe the best you know, asset on the market as of now, consider it, depending on how you view Lonzo Ingram and if Tatum is actually even going to be offered. We don't, we still don't know that. So Rob can say, Hey, you know what? We're, we're staying firm on this. We could wait till next summer, even though that's a huge gamble and another team could scoop up Anthony Davis. And he falls in love with that city and they do well. And we see what happened, what's happened with a like, guy like Paul George and Kawhi where the, the Lakers missed out on those guys. But there's definitely leverage here that the Lakers could, you know, push onto David Griffin. And it's going to be really interesting to see how Rob does with this deal. If a deal happens, if it's everything and he kind of just caves and gives David Griffin what he wants, or he maybe shows his former agent skills and kind of gets a great deal for his team. So it's going to be a really interesting test for Rob. Then he's going to go on a celebratory dinner with Elvis, Elvis Presley and Nelson Mandela, right? That's, that's just what Rob Palenka does. <laughs> For sure. Well, you know, it's funny that when, when you're bringing up um, that, that side of, of Rob Palenka, like, you know, the agent side, and it, well, agents naturally have to be good negotiators. That's why they have their job, and that's why they're able to maximize the deals that you see a lot of these guys get, whether that's through their NBA contracts or endorsements. Uh, this is something he can't screw up, right? Like, if Palenka comes out of this, and let's say, worst case scenario, the AD deal falls through. He goes to another team. And the Lakers, because you're not really hearing that, oh, Clay Thompson's coming to the Lakers. And I think the fact that Clay got hurt and the, the way the Warriors lost, it makes it more likely that players like KD and, and Clay agree to re-up and, and stay in Golden State because they might want to run it back one time. Uh, although KD obviously might not be around for all of next season, depending how his rehab goes with the Achilles. Um, with the, with the switching of uh, representation, uh, going to Rock Nation with Jay-Z, which pretty much all spells out he's going to Brooklyn. Um, and, and then you look at maybe a Jimmy Butler guy who, who has been semi-linked to the Lakers because he was wearing Lakers-colored shoes when he was on his <laughs> private plane leaving here. Um, that would be the worst-case scenario for Palenka at this point, this point would it not? I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think... Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, a lot of the free agents, as of now, there's not a lot of ties to the Lakers, like you mentioned. And, and there's been reports, you know, from Mark Stein and Windhorst that a lot of the top-tier free agents are going to be looking at the Lakers this summer. So getting a guy like Anthony Davis is their best shot at bringing in, a, like, a star-level, you know, talent to go next to LeBron. So I, I think it depends how much they give up. I mean, I, I know 
even if they give up everything, a guy like Anthony Davis is, you know, a huge get and great for the future of the the franchise because he's still so young and he's just entering his prime that I, I think you can sell that to fans that, hey, you know, we gave up these young guys, but in return, we're getting, you know, a top five, top eight player from, you know, in his prime now. And then we can pair him with LeBron and build around him after LeBron's gone. So when you ask, like, is there a way Rob could, you know, screw this up. I mean, there's always ways Rob can screw things up, but I, I think in this case, it, it'd be an easy sell to the team if they get AD. Yeah, uh, and they 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 have to go out and do it because I mean, if you look at the the way the salary cap stuff works, best case scenario, they're able to sign a free agent, then make the trade official for AD at some point later on in July. Um, that that could give them a little bit more flexibility to bring in two guys. But uh, right now, like you said, you don't want to risk it and say, well, because the Lakers can't. They can't just say, well, we, we stuck on the AD now. Let him go waste a year in, uh, in Boston or wherever else he may end up. And we're going to punt another season with LeBron and, and go with what we got and maybe make the playoffs. Because at that point, you got one year guaranteed of LeBron left, and he might bounce a year after that. Yeah, I, I don't know how LeBron reacts to that. If it's another year of just the Lakers and their young guys and signing one-year deals around LeBron and – it just smells they like can't so, do that again, man. I mean, no, I, I don't. I don't think they can do that again. Year. Yeah, I don't think they can do that again. I think that's why I'm, I'm, you know, optimistic that a deal does happen because I think eventually Rob, you know, for all the grief we give him, I think he understands that they can't have a repeat of last year. I, I, rolls are going to head, or, or heads are going to roll. I mean, and and just they they have to get this done just to save face. I mean, they gotta they gotta prove to LeBron that they're you know con- they can build a competitive team around them and for the young guys i mean even if this deal doesn't happen i don't know how they come back to this team you know fully engaged and fully bought in with uh, once again their names being thrown out there that they can be traded and it's not great for the locker room chemistry as well if this deal doesn't happen that's the biggest issue man and i was actually thinking about that earlier today i'm like so if they don't make this deal like, has Lonzo come back and Brandon Ingram, like, hey, what up, LeBron? Like, let's yeah. go, you know, like, let's go get it. You can't, they can't do that. And, and it's like, you've, you've come this far. And a lot of the, the pieces, I mean, you had that scathing one in, in the ESPN. The Athletic also had a pretty good one as well, uh, just discussing the dysfunction around the Lakers in general this entire season, even with and without Magic Johnson, uh, what, what was going on behind closed doors. And it's like, they, they can't run it back with the same guys now because that is – a, the, the, the morale and the chemistry on the team is going to be off, and people are going to sit there looking for another excuse. It'll probably be Frank Vogel taking the, the, bearing the brunt of all the criticism. But right now, if this is on Rob Palenka. This is his time to make his, his mark felt on this team. And, and if he, you know, as reportedly was, and, and there's no confirmation on this, it's what he said, he said, she said, part of me is that uh, he was saying that Magic wasn't doing his job and Magic was, wasn't working hard and he was lazy which I can tend to maybe agree with him on, judging by how much effort he puts into his tweets. Uh, we can see he probably <laughs> might be a little bit lazy. But um, I, I do think with, with Palenka, it's like, all right, dude, you wanted the keys to the kingdom. You got them now. Uh, you have something right in front of you that all you got to do is, like you said uh, earlier, Alex, use your, use your negotiation skills, use your agent skills, and get the damn thing done, and all will be forgiven. Everything that went wrong this past year is completely out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, like imagine if they get AD and, and it's, it's in a deal that they give up a lot less than what's, you know, been discussed. Like it's there's a possibility that by the end of it, they still keep Kuzma and Hart and they have the cap space, like you mentioned, to get another third guy in the summer. So, I mean, there's a definite avenue here where Rob can look really good by the end of the summer where you say, hey, we gave up, LeBron, uh, sorry, 
Lonzo and Ingram and the number four pick, but in return, we got AD and a guy like uh, Kemba or Jimmy or Kyrie. So, I mean, this Rob can make a big splash here and, and prove to, to fans that, hey, I know we got off to a really bad foot, like footing and, and this stuff that's coming out in, in the news about how agents don't trust me and some players don't like me and officials don't like me. This could be a good way for him to kind of to lay the groundwork of a trust, you know, trusting relationship between him and fans. I mean, because at this point, a lot of fans just do not trust Rob. Oh, no, they don't trust the entire front office. They, yeah. you know, it's not just Rob Palenka. It's like, all right, you got the the Rambus couple, uh, Genie Bus, the the other Bus brothers doing what they're doing. Like, nobody has any mm-hmm. faith or any trust in what the hell this team is doing. And like we said, that can all be gone within one, you know, one announcement we're going to hear from Woj or Shams coming up and saying, hey, it's official, Anthony Davis is going to the Lakers. So they can make up for all the circus that's been around the team, really, for the last five, six seasons since they got they were in the playoffs in 2012, 2013, and all could be forgotten about. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on with you, too, if, if they end up keeping the fourth pick, which I, I think at this point seems like it's far-fetched because you haven't really heard, oh, the Lakers really like so-and-so, other than maybe Darius Garland. Is he the guy that you would go with if, if the Lakers are going to end up keeping that pick? Uh, yeah, if they keep the pick, I probably would actually lean Jarrett Culver at this point, but I think him and Darius Garland are both fantastic options there. And I think uh, I, I just wrote a like a long piece on Darius Garland and his you know his potential fit for the team, and I kind of joked afterwards like I don't even know why I spent so much time on this because this pick is probably not going to be used for the Lakers. And but you should have just texted me and said, "Should I write this?" I would have been like, Dude, I, "I know, time, I should have." Two words would have done. <laughs> about three or four days in on that and then like i think the next day there's reports about uh, you know another trade possibly happening and i just uh, yeah whatever but yeah darius garland <laughs> I, I think he, he fits he checks a lot of boxes he's a fantastic shooter he'd fit really well next to lonzo another guy I, i'd be you know really excited about to see beside lonzo we've kind of been missing that extra you know pick and roll ball handler beside lonzo and a guy who can actually space the floor he was fantastic as a shooter in those five games before he uh, had an injury in Vanderbilt. But, I mean, stranger things have happened. I mean, I'd be shocked if they keep that number four pick and he makes it to training camp on the roster. But, like I said, this is the Lakers, and I I don't even know what to expect anymore with this team. Yeah, and and, well, when you you were talking about uh, Jared Culver there, you were touching on that. I like Culver's game just in terms of a a flat-out scorer. He could put the ball in the hoop. Uh, he, he's got another level he's going to reach us in terms of being a pure three-point shooter. But when you look at like building out this roster, and that's another thing I'm not, I'm not too, too uh, high on Rob Palenka to be able to get done the right way is, okay, you, I mean, you obviously saw the catastrophe that they put together this season with you know, getting the head cases. Like, and Rondo, I, I think, was a good teammate. Maybe he didn't have it all in terms of being on the court because he's, he's old and a bit washed up now. Doesn't mean he can't help a, a, another team, but you know, the, the Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley thing. It's like, all right, let's say you do get AD. Let's, let's say you do get, uh, or if you don't get AD, you keep that four pick and you got Lonzo, uh, Hart, Ingram, Kuzma, LeBron, the number four pick. What, like, what, what are some of the things they need to look for to fill out maybe that instead of not the one through six or one through seven, but the eight through 12 on their roster? Yeah, that's a great point. And, and, and like you said, Rob Plinka does it have a great track record in doing this like we saw last summer what happened when they try to fill out the roster and and how they kind of were almost cocky and, and confident about how they did it and he's saying like I we know how the modern NBA is played but we're going to go do this instead and we're going to be successful at it and just it blew up in their faces and a team like Toronto who's so deep that bench is so good and they have 
get contributions from their young players, their vets, and just fantastic signings and trades. It, it shows how important having good front office people in there making good basketball decisions is. And say they, like you said, say they get AD and LeBron and they have to ship out almost everyone else. How confident can we be in them building out and fleshing out the rest of the roster with probably guys on the minimum? So and who they target for the minimum and who they can convince to come here and and chase a ring potentially. And to this point, we haven't really seen them be able to do that. So once again, this is a big test for Rob and to show what he can do without magic in there, possibly intervene, intervening or, you know, making the, la- the, the eventual last call when it comes to basketball decisions. So a lot's going to fall on Rob's shoulders this summer. And I think it's going to speak a lot of volumes about how much trust we can give him going forward. Yeah, well, it's not the, how much trust we can give him. It's how much trust Linda Rambis can give him, right? <laughs> that's what that's what that's what we got to be worried about looking at this. Uh, Alex, to wrap up on this, man, uh, two questions for you. I'm going to put you on the spot. Number one, are the Lakers going to get Anthony Davis? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, and I'll put you on the spot for a second. We'll maybe have a side bet on this. Which day do you think the deal gets done? Oh, uh, I say by Sunday. Sunday. Okay, I'll take Saturday. We'll we'll you put a six Saturday. pack on the we'll put okay. a six pack on the line. Sounds good. We'll we'll see. <laughs> or you know, a big surprise. He goes to Denver or something on yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a uh, Will Barton, Jamal Murray, and <laughs> first round picks, and then we'll we'll both kick our TVs and uh, we'll have a six pack <laughs> to drown our sorrows, anyways. Right. Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> All right, Alex. Thanks a lot for coming on again, man. It's always good uh, having you on the podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks again for having me on. All right, that's Alex Regula. He writes for SilverScreenAndRoll.com. You can actually follow him online and Twitter as well, at Alex M. Regla. Also follow us as well, at LakersSBN. And subscribe to our podcast network, the Silver Screen, uh, Silver Screen and Roll Network, now growing and growing every day. If you didn't have a chance to, listen to Anthony Irwin and the Locked On Lakers podcast. He did a mailbag on the last one, uh, touched on a bunch of reader comments that he was getting, especially through Twitter, and uh, Alex, well, the guy who was just on with me, going to be co-hosting with us every uh, every Wednesday. His shows will be dropping Thursdays, uh, so check it out. The network going to be coming up basically daily with all the stuff coming. It's a fun time to be a Lakers fan. All the, the time for the rumors and everything's about to come to a head. we got free agency coming up uh, July the 1st, and the draft even sooner than that, next Thursday, June 23rd. Uh, so it's going to be all Lakers all the time. You know where to go. For all your information for that, go to silverscreenandroll.com. Again, I'm your host, Jazz Kang, and I'll check you guys out next time.